Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I want to let you know that I'm starting to share several videos a week over on our private Facebook group. It's called Inspiration Rising Insiders. And if you just go into the search box on Facebook and type in Inspiration Rising Insiders, it'll pop up. Click join. I'll approve you. And this is the place where I'm posting short, inspiring, and educational videos throughout the week where I personally ask a simple question that will help you get unstuck, clarify your goals, and take your life to the next level. So check it out, Inspiration Rising Insiders on Facebook, and I think you'll really enjoy and be inspired by what you hear. Well, today I want to introduce you to Lisa Cummings. She's a strengths finder, trainer, and speaker who's delivered training and speaking events to over 13,500 participants in 14 countries. And you can see her featured in places like Harvard Business Publishing, Training Magazine, and Forbes. She's also the CEO of a company called Lead Through Strengths. Now, whether you've taken the Strengths Finder assessment or not, you are going to love our conversation on the power of focusing on and even obsessing over your personal strengths. So let's jump into my conversation with Lisa Cummings. Lisa, thank you so much for taking time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Love being here. We're talking all about strengths today and weaknesses because, you know, I'm going to just say you can't talk about strengths unless you can talk about weaknesses, at least bringing it up. So why... Sell me on it. Why is it more effective to focus on my strengths rather than working on my weaknesses, which I've tried to do my entire life? (laughs) So if I can tweak the word focus and call it obsess, I'll say, I believe people should be obsessive over their strengths. They should focus on their weaknesses. It's something that should be addressed, but people obsess over them and think, I would like to be more of this. I wish I were that. And they'll spend their whole career or their whole life thinking about and obsessing about what they wish they were, what they wish they could be. And it's really a downer. And if you think about this concept, imagine Superman. Superman can leap small or giant buildings in a single bound, right? Okay, now imagine if there's someone to be saved at the next building over and Superman says... You know, that thing that the invisible man does, that's really cool. I, I've, I've really always wanted to work on my invisible skills. I'm going to just double down on invisible skills this calendar year. It sounds totally absurd, but this is exactly what we do for our personal development. So you already have superpowers in you. You already have things that come to you naturally, how you think, how you feel, how you act. And if you decide to obsess over developing those, the high leverage that you get is really amazing. It actually feels easy to become better at your performance. Whereas if you had decided to obsess over your weaknesses, it's frustrating, it's draining, it makes you procrastinate, and it's a pretty depressing way to live a life and a career. So how about that? Are you convinced yet? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And yet uh, I've had teachers, parents, coaches, all of them tell me, you got to fix that weakness. They'll, people will even say fix. Fix. I know. Okay. Here's like the I'm first. Bro- like I'm broken. Exactly. Is that a sad thing for people to treat you like you're broken? You're not broken. You're already awesome. It's all inside of you to be accessed. So the next thing is, is it even a weakness? So one thing that I see people doing is they're like, I have to focus on this weakness. I really need to bring up this weak spot. Does it even matter? 
is it getting in the way of your performance or is it getting in the way of someone else's performance? If it's not, let's just not call it a weakness. Let's just call it something else that somebody else can do or have that doesn't even matter in your life. So that's the first one that can get rid of a whole lot of stuff to worry about. Then after that, if you decided, yes, something is getting in the way of my performance or it is getting in the way of someone else's performance, then there are other ways to go about this. There are ways to mitigate it, to work around it. Uh, For example, let me just give you two. One is partner with somebody who does that, who loves that. Because inevitably, one person's trash task is another person's treasured task. There might be something that you can't stand doing. For example, the other day I did a training, a strengths finder training, and some guy said, I love doing escalations. And everyone in the room was like, what? Why? Everyone else hated it. He was like, give them to me. I love them. So if they thought that was their weak area, he's thinking, that's my greatest strength. I'm the world's best subject matter expert in this thing. So why not have the joy in knowing that when some issue comes to me, I'm the last person that has to touch it. I'm going to turn it around for them. So there's the partnership thing. Watch for what is your trash and what is your treasure and look for the opposite world and be able to find who you can partner up with because someone loves doing the stuff that you don't like doing. And then the other is a lot of times you can work around the weakness by getting to the outcome through one of your strengths. It sounds really obvious, but so many people forget they've been going about the thing at their default way or at the way someone taught them to do it or the way everyone else does it. And instead of doing it the way that makes it feel like, oh, this is such drudgery, Instead, if you know your strengths and you can think, hmm, how can I get to those outcomes through my strengths instead, you'll find a new way to approach the thing that isn't so draining or so difficult. Mm -hmm. I like this video that you did a while back called using your strong arm versus your wrong arm. (laughs) Help, help, like give people that that, uh, visual. Yeah. So, okay, the strong-handed moments and the wrong-handed moments. What Mm -hmm. I have you do is imagine... I've done this a couple of different ways, but here's how we'll do it today. Imagine you are holding a baseball in your hand. So if you're listening to this or watching this, go ahead and just hold up your hand and put a baseball in it. Yes, it's imaginary. And then throw it forward. And then, and I'm actually sitting right now, so I'm a little more awkward than normal, but do this standing up if you're listening. And then Flip hands and do the same thing in the opposite hand and then throw that ball forward. And what you'll notice is one of them felt easier than the other. One of them felt really natural. And even your whole body coordination, if you're standing up and you try to throw with your wrong hand, you realize like, do I step forward with this foot or this foot? And you have the tongue sticking out, your concentration face you're making because It takes this extra effort. You can still do it. If you broke your arm and you needed to be competent in that weakness area, you would be able to take your wrong hand and get decent at it. But it would always take a little more effort, a little more concentration, a little more than if you were using strong-handed. It's just like that at work or in life. You can get competent in your weaknesses, but it's just a little more draining. It's a little more effortful. It's the kind of thing that you might procrastinate or not look forward to. And so that's the thing during your day. If you can just think, am I in a wrong-handed moment or a strong-handed moment right now? Am I doing something that I can do with ease and energy and enjoyment? Or is it something that really takes the extra 
time to work up to like, okay, before I do this next pivot table, I'm not looking forward to it. So I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and then I'm going to check in on my email real quick and make sure no emergencies came up. And then I'm finally going to get back to the thing that I meant to be doing. And I'm 20 minutes into the task. It should have taken me two minutes, but it took me 20 minutes to work up to it. So that's the difference in the feeling of being in your strong-handed or wrong-handed moment. Yeah, wrong hand, post wrong-handed moments usually, uh, well, prior to six months ago when I started getting healthy, it, my, my, my reward was, you know, something sweet or something, you know, that I shouldn't be eating. That was my reward for a wrong-handed moment. Got to reward yourself somehow. Um, all right. So you use the term strength finder. And obviously I talked about that in the introduction uh, of you. For those who have not heard of Strengths Finder or have done it, what is it and how might it help? I'm going to say every single listener. There's not a single person that it would not benefit. Without a doubt, I believe that. I'm biased as well. So I totally believe what you're saying. What Strengths Finder is an assessment. Call it a survey. Call it an assessment. Call it a psychometric tool. Whatever you want to call it. It's 177 forced choice questions where it says, this or that? Is this more like you or is this more like you? And you have to rank that. And over the course of these questions, a bunch of them are repeated against other things. So they seem like they keep coming up, but it's stacking them against different things to force rank 34 potential talent themes. Now, what's different about StrengthsFinder, a lot of people have heard of the book, but they assume it's just another personality test. And where it's different is this wasn't based on the five factors of psychology, like the other ones that tell you if you're an introvert or an extrovert, or if you're people focused or task focused, this one's a little bit different in that this came from the study of what are the factors that led people to success in their life. They're your easy buttons, if you will. So if you imagine this is no matter how many assessments you've done in your life, it's going to give you a different lens of you. And what comes out is you get this top five, five words that are of the 34, which five will be easiest for you to access, easiest for you to press when you need to find success toward any outcome. And what is so cool about getting these five words is that usually a few of them, you're like, oh yeah, that's totally me. And I see how I could apply that at work or in life. And then a few of them, you're like, huh. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, I think that's me. I don't really know what to do with that. And so then it gives you this whole other way of thinking about how you do things. And so many of us have spent our lives branding ourselves, branding our careers, branding our businesses, branding our lives, building a reputation around what it is we know. And we've totally forgotten how it is that we interact with the world, how we think, how we relate, how we influence, all of those kind of things. So it's really cool because it gives you the how part to complement the what, and it brings this rich layer that many people just haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. I remember when I, I first took it, I think it was probably over 10 years ago. What year did this come out through the Gallup organization? 1999 is when they really started going public. They, they had done it internally for like 30 years with clients, but finally came out to the public with First Break All the Rules and, and, um, and StrengthsFinder, now 2.0, the book. Um, that's when it really hit the scene out in the public. Okay. And Marcus Buckingham was part of that effort in right. bringing that to the, to, to the public. So when I first took it, I remember the excitement of, wow, like you said, these totally fit me. Well, the, that was surprising. These are a couple of surprising ones. And then I was kind of left going, 
but I thought I was supposed to work on my weaknesses. What about like the, you know, weakness? Because even with like Myers-Briggs, I've taken that a bazillion times. I'm an INTJ. And there are some serious strengths and some serious weaknesses that the Myers-Briggs points out, you know? And so what's interesting about strength finders, strengths, I always want to say strength finders. Right? You're not alone. <laughs> where's the S? Finder, it's like, yeah. where's Waldo's? There is, is there one after strengths and finder? Is Seriously. there one after one or the other? It's totally confusing to people. I was thinking, okay, it's a bit of a relief. Like I kind of feel this, like a little bit of a relief. It's almost this grace-filled experience of going, oh, I've spent so much time focusing on my weaknesses and I feel bad about my weaknesses that I don't have to feel bad about them in this moment. I can just focus on my strengths. Do other people have that experience? Yeah. I, I had a sales guy not too long ago read the report and he said, this is some of the nicest stuff anyone has ever said about me. I was like, yes, why don't we give it ourselves that grace? What a word that you chose. That's such a cool way to look at it. Give yourself the grace to acknowledge. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty awesome. I have a lot of potential to offer the world. I have a lot of contributions inside of me. Instead of obsessing about all the things I don't have, why don't I think about what I could offer the world? How beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. Now, talk to me about yourself, if you would be willing to, your personal strengths, and have they changed? Have you seen them change since you've taken the test? I, you know, I don't know when you first took it, and how how you see those play out in your own life. I was similar to you about back in that ninety nine two thousand era, finding this. I've been nerding out on Strengths Finder for twenty years, and I didn't realize that Gallup stance is actually not to retake that your first response is your truest. So before I got certified through them and became affiliated with them, I had done it three times and then learned this and thought, oops, okay. But it also allowed me to validate. I had paid to unlock the full 34 and test out. And what I found with me had rung or it rang true with me what actually what their data shows, which is that over decades of time, they studied people's changes. And so when people do retake it over decades, 70% of the top 10, because they know you're full 34, 70% of that remains persistent over long spans of time, decades. So that's pretty cool. And that's what mine did as well. My top 10 Things changed order around, and that's typical, but only one was different inside of the top 10. And I know exactly why. It was something that I was trying to squash out of me, and I wouldn't recommend that, but that's what I was doing, not really knowing. And otherwise, they were quite persistent. Yeah. So with just a couple of changes of things that were peeking into the top five, like focus is a really strong one for me that's not in my latest version and focus and futuristic, but those two are really strong in my mind. So I kind of feel like I claim my top seven and those have all been in my top five at different times, but strategic maximizer, individualization, positivity, and woo are my top five. Okay. Uh, So break those down for people who are not familiar with them. And I don't know all 34 because I'm not an expert. I don't think about all 34. I only think about my, my own. Um, tell me about yours. Break them down. Yeah. So strategic, this is one that's kind of uh, 
a tricky one because they use the word strategic. It means something really specific in Gallup language, which is I see possibilities that I can sort through really fast. So imagine you have a traffic block in the road and you're imagining these are my five alternative routes. You pick one and you go really quickly. So it's a fast decision maker. It sees a lot of options, but then I can make really quick decisions without buyer's remorse, without rehashing. And um, I can often simplify really complex things quickly because I can see those patterns and possibilities. Then um, maximizer, this one naturally aligns with the strengths world. I see potential. I see potential in people. I see potential in processes. So I always want to be making things better. And I always believe that people can become better, that that is a lifelong quest. We're never done really with anything, even projects. So sometimes this gets into a concept that might make you feel like this is a weakness. There are these troublemaker talents. That one is a bit of my torment because nothing is ever done, not even projects with a finished date, with a complete date. And then um, individualization. This is very relationship focused and it is one that sees every person for what makes them different. I love to get to meet a new person and just explore, you know, what makes them weird? What makes them special? What do they nerd out on that no one else cares about? What's their unique thing? And then um, positivity is, it's what it sounds like in the optimism front, but it's also, I like things to be fun loving and light. I don't want to be stiff. I'm a little bit informal. I definitely like humor and I want to create an atmosphere because I think that's a fun way to live life. And then woo is one that's about social variety. So this is one where if you mapped it to Myers-Briggs that you talked about, introvert, extrovert, people who lead with woo tend to be extroverted and tend to have a a big circle of friends where anybody who isn't in that camp might say, that means you just have a whole bunch of acquaintances. (laughs) But but that's kind of the thing. Like, oh, just bring on the new people. I love meeting people. I love talking to strangers. That sounds fun to me. That sounds horrible to a lot of other people. Sure, sure. Right. So that those are my top five. That's great. I can feel the woo. I felt the woo the moment the video came on. It was like, <laughs> woo. Like, whoa, she's wooing me. Wait a second here. Hold on. Uh, and uh, so my strengths for Tell me. Um, futuristic, command, competition, activator, and input. And I, I, I was surprised by two when I first took it, and I've only taken it once, which was competition, because I never thought of, with my background, I always thought of competition as kind of a negative thing, like uh, competing with other people. Um, but then I understood Gallup sees that a little bit differently. And then input, I never thought of myself as seeking input, uh, because I can sometimes be turned off by people wanting to give their input. But then I started to understand that differently as well. And I saw, wow, I really do. You know, these fit me quite well. So for those who aren't um, uh, as, as uh, knowledgeable on these areas and to be completely self-centered, um, go ahead and tell me about my strengths. <laughs> well, this is cool. You're not being self-centered <laughs> because what your listeners are pulling out of this are things like, Hey, when they listened to mine, they heard the word strategic, and that might be a popular word in their company where people are like, hey, we all need to be more strategic thinkers. But that's not what this means in Gallup mm-hmm. language. Same with your reaction to input. It's, it means something really specific. So they can learn through a couple of these. Oh, these have a really 
unique flavor to them. Right. So you'll also let them see, oh, this brings surprises to you, ways that you might have contributions to give that are fun for you to give to other people that you just hadn't thought of. So I think right. you'll pique their interest in wanting to do this. So um, before I do a quick round on yours, tell me, you had mentioned earlier that a couple of them surprised you. Say a little bit more about that. Well, it was the competition and the input. Um, and probably because like with competition, people who listen to our podcast know I have kind of a faith background and competition is really pushed down in that world. I, it's a really negative thing. And so I felt like, Ooh, geez, I don't want to, you know, be that. Um, exactly. Yeah. I felt kind of bad. And then, uh, input just because, you know, also just the idea of people coming with criticism or, Hey, I want to give you input. But then when I started to see that, no, I really seek out input a lot. And even doing a podcast is kind of the whole idea of input. You know, I love learning from other people and having them speak into the world and highlighting that. So those were, those were definitely the two that surprised me. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what strikes me when I think about yours and the dynamics that might exist among them, because what's really cool is the chances anyone else will have your top five in the same order as you is one in 33 million. So the, any listener wow. is not going to share your talent themes with you. Yeah. But what's cool is a listener might go, oh, hey, I've taken that and I have input. That sounds familiar, but it actually looks different on me. And it's because it's what it's combined with. They all make them act differently. So it's neat that you're unique and no one is going to be like you or few people. I've never found my strengths twin in all of these years I've been looking. Wow. <laughs> but at the same time, the language is so easy and the ability to, to begin talking about them and exploring them and thinking about them in your life, it's so accessible. So it's the best of both worlds. You're totally a unique unicorn, but also it's easy to talk about. Mm -hmm. So when I think of yours and how the dynamics might mix because of your unique combination, having futuristic mixed with um, command and tell me your very first one, futuristic. Well, well I, I actually, I'm not giving those to you in order because I don't necessarily remember the order, Okay, but uh, futuristic command, competition, activator, and but. Activator is the one I would forgot. Okay, so um, futuristic activator and command together. Really unique in that. So activator is one that is kind of like, hey, let's get moving. Like, let's just get started right away. If you go, if you were in a corporate environment where people hemmed and hawed a lot and then they were very risk averse and they didn't want to get started, that might really drive you crazy. But if you were in an environment where people Maybe. were like, <laughs> If you were in an environment where people said, let's just go, you know, let's get it started. Let's see what happens. That would be more activator like. And so if you take something like futuristic, which is very much what it sounds like orientation to the future and really seeing the possibilities clearly, I mean, being able to imagine a vision really clearly about where you're headed and what things can be. So if you can see that vision clearly and you're ready to move I mean, boom, you're ready to go. And then if you have command, you're usually able to so beautifully and crisply bring concepts into words. And I've noticed this in the podcast episodes I listened to of yours where 
you can find great ways of summarizing something that's taken someone a long time. Maybe it makes you a great interview. An interviewer, someone talks for three minutes and then you can go, I can summarize it in three words very beautifully. And that's a trait that command would have. So if you imagine futuristic, I can see where we're going so clearly. I know where what this is going to look like. Then activator, let's go get that started. Let's move toward it. Then command, when you communicate it with other people, because it's with confidence and clarity, it allows it other people to follow you easily. What a neat combination for being a leader and really you know, leading your life, starting to lead your life that way. So how do those, how does that part sit for you so far? It definitely. And you know what's funny is even as you talk about it, all I can think about are my weaknesses. Isn't that crazy? Because I can see all the strengths, but I'm like, oh, yeah, and this is how it's a challenging part. And here's how that, you know, isn't that wild? That's part of my own psychology, not everybody's psychology. That's my own, my own deal. It's most, I will have to say. Because when I first got into this, I thought, yeah, I mean, once you, if you believe this stuff, and you see it and you think, of course, and this is so easy. And at, at one point when I first started this work as my sole work doing strengths only, I thought, this is just too simple. I mean, is this really, could I have a career around only this? But then I will go to event after event after event. And whether it's five people or 500 people, you're fighting your brain and your brain's yeah. a powerful force and it yeah. has a strong negative cognitive bias saying, mm-hmm. whoa there, buckaroo, hold on. I'm going to keep you safe back here. Right. And it, so you are not the only one. And even when I'm saying all those lovely things about you, the next thing that usually comes up is, yeah, but you know, sometimes I've been a little forceful or I've been bossy before. And I think, oh, so you're, you're, you've already identified the shadow side of the strength if it's overused and it's not in its strength zone. It's just kind of in its latent potential or you've been squashing yeah. it down so it came out in you in an ugly way. And it's easy for people immediately to go yeah. to that and start obsessing about that side. Just this last week, I was um, introducing module two of a course that I do. It's called Launch Your Life. And we've got a beta group going through it. And in module two, I have people map out their life. And so we do a left-hand axis of highs and lows and then go from the birth all the way to their current day. And they map out the high points in their life and the low points in their life and the challenges. And we talk about the, the continuity between the low points. What are the things that have in common and what are the, you know, continuities in the high points. And um, one of my high points was that I was on the Little League baseball team and, or Little League um, All-Stars. I made the All-Stars. And which I was really, you know, it was probably the high point of my whole career of sports. And I remember having this negative interaction with the coach and I was the catcher and I'll never forget this. I'm standing at home plate. Everybody's out in the field. We're practicing. I know his name. It's still in my head. And I think I was telling him how we should run the play. I was like, well, you know, on our other team, we did it this way and this is a better way to do it. And, da, 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 da. and I was telling our, you know, our beta group in the course, I'm like, from an early age, I had the ability to speak into a situation, to bring clarity, to bring a different idea. And it's taking me a lifetime of when to say it and when not to say it. <laughs> and even as a little kid, you know, what a little kid is going to tell a coach what to do. But yet that was in me, even at that age. And it also gives me grace for myself to go, it's been inside of me. It's a gift that I yes. bring to the world. I didn't choose this. 
it chose me, it's inside me. And how do I, you know, how do I process it? How do I focus on the positive and leverage it? So how, how, how would you suggest, well, let me, let me, I'm going to ask you this question before you keep breaking down my strengths. How do, how do we break or how do we deal with, how do we mitigate our weaknesses? We're focusing on our strengths. We can't just walk away from them because some of them are a hindrance to our own success and the success of those around us. How do you suggest that we try to mitigate those things? Let's take the category of weakness that you just brought up because this is one that's actually fun to work on. So this is when one of your natural talents, so let's take command and let's name what you did as a catcher with your coach. Let's name that your command, Mm -hmm. knowing it all. And then let's talk about your natural talents, just like what you would find in your strengths finder talent theme results. These are natural patterns of how you would think or feel or act. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just like you said, they chose you, they're in you. It can be nature, it can be nurture, but either one, they are powerful forces that are gonna show up in you over and over again, how you think, feel, or act. So if they are not nurtured, if they're not worked on, if they're squashed down because you don't think that they're of service. So you think, oh, I was told I was bossy when I was a little kid. So I shut that off. And every time I heard that voice pop up, I would push it down. It's like the jack in the box when mm-hmm. you're a kid. Do, 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 and then it jumps out and it scares you when you're not expecting it. And everybody else around you. <laughs> and everybody else around you. Sorry if you just jumped while you're listening. But this is what your strengths are like when, and I'm using strengths like a, an informal term here, because in that case, they wouldn't be your strengths. They would be your natural talents your areas of greatest potential Mm -hmm. that you haven't invested in and made beautiful. But what's so cool is if it's showing up like a weakness because it's overused or misapplied or misdirected, if that pattern is in you and it's going to show up so strongly, then you, you want to wrangle it. You want to invest in it. You want to feed it and water it and nurture it because it's going to be a voice in your head constantly. So why not direct it and craft it and make it beautiful because it has potential to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So these things like I, there's a, there's a strengths finder talent theme called communication. I did a training session recently where a woman said, well, it's in my top five, but I'll tell you right now it's a weakness because every year I get feedback on my performance review that I talk too much in meetings and I don't give other people room. Mm. But imagine if she spent a couple of years, now you, these all can be developed for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. and refined for a lifetime. But if she took that and instead said, okay, there's this thing in me. I have a need to use words powerfully. I want to be heard. Okay. Then imagining how do I use that in writing? How do I use it in spoken word? How do I make the best email subject line? How can I be a compelling communicator so that my messages are receivable for people? That would actually be fun to work on Mm -hmm. because that patterns in you all the time anyway, versus trying to get something you don't have. So the thing that you brought up is this category of weakness. That's really fun to work on. So if you take the voice that was in your head as the all-star catcher, instead of saying I'm bossy, I'm never going to use that again. Well, it's going to come out like the jack in the box. Instead, say, I can be crisp and clear. I can be direct when that's needed for a situation. I can 
help clarify something when people are confused and muddled up. I can find the quick path to help people understand it. I could be confident in times when people are nervous or scared. Your command can give them the ability to say, oh, this is what it looks like with confidence. And that makes them want to follow you and see that it's possible. So there are all of those ways I just mentioned that are the beautiful side of it. Mm -hmm. Why not nurture those and give those light and use your craftsmanship and your fine tuning to make it come out like that. So that's where I would take mm -hmm. something that's the shadow side. All of these have a shadow side. You could overuse them or misapply them, but that's how you, you can focus on it and actually make some fun work out of working on your weaknesses. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. Input and competition. Speak to those two strengths for a moment. What's fascinating is those are two of the handful that I hear most often when people are like, mm, I'm going to put those back in the return counter. I'm not so sure I want that in my top five. And one of the reasons with competition is exactly what you said. In fact, I'll, I'll do my true confession time. That's the one of the top um, that I mentioned came out of my top 10 because I consciously tried to squash it down for years. Wow. I, I worked in a corporation where um, the CEO held a meeting and said a mantra for the year is that competition does not equal collaboration. Mm. And he was basically trying to squash out the idea of being competitive because it was just the word he chose to mm -hmm. use to demonize it, but it was also, it happened to be an organization that was strong in faith. So that there might be something to that pattern that you mentioned, but um, I, I was squashing it down, but you know, what comes out when you squash competition down is you might come out like a sore loser, or you might be secretly comparing yourself against people when there are more productive ways to do it. So the healthy side of competition is it's fun to win. You have fun winning. You have fun making wins for yourself, but you also have fun helping other people win. So it can be a very generous talent mm -hmm. because you can see other people's potential mm -hmm. and you can help them set goals and help them reach those goals. And that will give you some, like, that'll jazz you up. That'll be mm -hmm. really fun if you have competition. Um, you can that's gamify life. Oh, go ahead. Were you, were no, you that's so that funny you? you say that because I've always thought about it as, um, me getting better, like competing against myself in a sense, like always getting better. But it's funny that you call it a generous strength because anybody who knows me knows I totally want everybody else to win too. I mean, I want to win, but I help people all the time. I mean, I've done so much free work over the years and always cheering people on and winning. You know, sometimes people have a hard time if you're winning, they don't want you to win because they feel less than or whatever. I love celebrating when people win. So that is fun that I love to help other people compete. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and it's almost like um, uh, there's a cheerleader vibe about it. When you can see, oh, this is so great. You're making this progress. You might be tracking their progress because a, a core thing about the competition talent theme is the pattern in your head is always going to be comparison, but that doesn't have to be you against them. That can be your comparison of their current state versus their future mm -hmm. potential state. It can mm -hmm. be where they've been to where they've come. And so you get to celebrate all that because you're going to see it. And it's just something that naturally you're paying attention to where you've probably helped someone see something that they've become and they go, 
oh yeah, you know, hey, thanks for pointing that out. I I hadn't really thought of that because you're noticing something that they wouldn't have. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful one. Mm-hmm. It's just the word um, input. The one, the reason why some people will not like hearing that one on their list is that they're like, does this mean I'm a hoarder and I like to collect a lot of things? Some, some of the definition makes people think it's very mm-hmm. much about collection only. Well, they could be that a lot of people are collectors who have input. They collect guitars, they collect art, they collect typewriters. Mm. Hey, now I got a few, maybe 10 or 15. See, so maybe that's part of it, but also collecting information. So input is a lifetime learner type of talent theme. Mm-hmm. And what's different, there's one called learner that's also a lifetime learner vibe, Mm -hmm. but a learner is more about, I just like to learn a lot about everything and anything you can imagine. Whereas input, it's very curated. And it's like, if I'm nerding out on this thing, I'm going full bore on it and I'm collecting all sorts of stuff and I have it organized for later so that I can access it and I can share that information with other people. And so input is lifetime learnerville, but it's very much toward specific topics or categories usually how does that one sit for you yeah yes yes i am very pragmatic i don't have the need to learn about all types of different things i'm not even interested in it i mean if you're interested in it i'd be interested because i love to pick your brain and hear about what you're interested in but i care less like people you know growing up all these people these kids that know about sports and you know all these statistics. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. Like I'm more about like, let's get something done. Like let's create a sports team and like win or something, you know, it's more about the collection of information for the purpose of something. Uh, but it is interesting that Gallup connects that learning also to collecting. That's such a unique combination that Gallup does do that. And obviously there's something there because I love to collect old weird stuff. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. And a lot of times learner and input will be seen together. They have a high instance of being together in a person's top five, but when it's not, it's very common like you, where there's a certain type of curation of knowledge that you like to gather or of things that you love to connect or collect rather. And um, I've also seen this one because it is a, it's a talent theme that is in the top half of commonality, whereas command, those that's in the bottom two least common mm. talent theme. So it's extra unique. Mm. So input, it has, I see a lot of flavors because I hear a lot more feedback about it because there are so many more people who will share examples. And the other one that I'll hear in a business setting is that people who have the input talent theme often love at the beginning of projects to interview people, to talk to stakeholders, to really get the big picture understanding from lots of different viewpoints before Mm. they dive in and solve the wrong problem. So Mm. that's another thing that I hear often with someone. Mm. That's good. Good. Okay. So one of the things that I've heard you talk about as well is to use our strengths daily. What does that mean and how, how can we do that? Now, to use our strengths daily would precipitate actually taking the strength finders test. So, um, and I'm going to point people to your work because I know we have people that live or work in the corporate realm that could benefit from your work. But if somebody just wants to do this for them personally, what's the easiest way for them to take the, the test? 
In most markets, the easiest way really is just to go to Amazon and get go buy the book, StrengthsFinder 2.0, okay. because you'll get the code and then you'll have the book behind it, which is largely the definitions, but it has some good setup and story and compelling data in there as well. And it's usually the least expensive way. Sometimes if you even watch Amazon for a couple of days, it might fluctuate from 25, 15 to $25. Usually it's $21 is the one I see the most often. And if you have a family, kids, and you're interested in doing this for the family, there are assessments for the younger people as well. And if that's something that you think will call to you, buy instead Strengths-Based Parenting by Gallup, because then you'll get a StrengthsFinder code and Strengths Explorer and Strengths Quest. So you'll kind of cover the age span. You get a little more bang for your buck in the codes if you okay. think you might want to do it for a family. Okay. And if you want to unpack all... 34 and the order of the 34, how can people do that? So anybody who does the top five assessment, it's going to, Gallup is going to send you an email and say, hey, do you want to unlock the full 34? So you would get the opportunity no matter how you come into it. But if you wanted to directly go in and know your full 34 and get the Mongo report and see the whole thing, first, you have to pinky swear with me that you will not first go to the bottom and decide that those are your weaknesses and start obsessing over them. After that, I have that's a whole different show. What to do with those? I do find it a little bit risky. Like when I work with teams and they want to buy the upgraded report to begin with, they can't help it. They go there first, and it kind of derails the whole concept. Mm -hmm. So it it really takes a lot of self discipline. So I actually recommend start with the five, marinate on that for a bit, and then go unlock. You can. Okay. So you can always unlock it at any time, gallopstrengthcenter.com. And then they have currently it's $39.95 to upgrade into the full on big, big deal report. Um, it, the, the price changes periodically. So depending on when somebody's listening, it, it could be different, but um, that's Don't the, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it yet. Just Don't do it yet. start <laughs> with the five, hang on those for a while. Then yes. go. All right. So last question how can we use our strengths daily once we find out what they are? What does that look like? Look, um, this is going to sound like kind of Mr. Obvious, isn't it? That you have to set an intention to do something. If your strengths are how you operate, you might be using them daily by accident, but imagine the power if you use them intentionally. It can be kind of overwhelming. One way that I like to do it is just pick one. I'm going to give you two ways. One way is pick one of the five. And then um, you could even use this. I'll give you a free resource that doesn't have an opt-in or anything attached. It's just leadthroughstrengths.com slash lock screen. And we made a 34 lock screen images so that you can put it on your phone so that 150 times a day, when you open it up, you get the reminder of analytical. Oh, right. I'm going to lead through analytical as much as possible today. And just having that on your mind regularly it starts to get in your way of thinking so that you can become remembered by that thing and you can use it in ways you may not have been thinking of. So one, that's it. Just so get it in front one. of you. Pick one, set the intention, and then use it in as many unexpected ways as you can. Okay. A second way, this is my favorite. Get your top five, put them in front of you, print them on a list, and one, you can even do this in your um, Gallup dashboard. You can make a frame or a certificate. So 
print one of those things out, get them in front of you. I put them in a four by six desk frame so that it looks nice. Next time something comes up that feels like a challenge, use this to solve your problems. Because a lot of people think of, oh, strengths finder or any assessment, it must be puppy dog kisses and kumbaya and only the bubble gum view of the world. No, use this for the tough stuff. So next time a challenge comes up, glance at your top five, do a 30 second skim and just think, what if I used this one or this one or this one or this one? How would I handle it if I led through this instead of my normal default way? Mm-hmm. And one or two of them will stand out to you like, yeah, I should give that a go. I'll try that. And it, so because it's your strength, it will feel natural. It will feel easy, but it will be different. And it'll give you another way around if you haven't been getting the result you want. So good. So good. All right. So step number one get the book and the code and take the assessment. I guess it's not a test. I keep calling it a test. Like you're going to fail <laughs> an assessment. Uh, and you were gracious enough, not even to correct me. I thought you would after you did that, uh, but that you were wooing me by not correcting me. See, if I was, if I, if I would, if you would have said that, I would have been like, I'm going to futuristically command competitively on you that that's not the right word. It's not test. It's assessment. Okay? And I'm going to positivity you and say, it's close enough. You're getting people fired up about it. <laughs> All right. So you're going to take the assessment strengths finder. Uh, you'll get that on Amazon. You'll take the assessment. You'll get the results. You're going to print it out on a frame. You're going to start thinking about it. You're going to get your friends to think about it. And if they're in a corporate situation where they lead a team or a company or a business, or they need a, um, a workshop, they want to bring the whole team through it. If they want a keynote to get their teams fired up about strengths, they need to talk to you. Am I right? Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Leadthroughstrengths.com. Yeah. And tell me, for people who are listening, what kind of resources can you be in that corporate environment? I really think of us like a spark and like the ideas for the tools to keep sustaining it. So on the back end of doing all the training events, we have weeks and weeks of resources that we send to people, tools and videos, so that this thing that sounds nice that you might forget about and put in the drawer and go, oh yeah, that was cool, but now I'm busy and I've forgotten about it. So we keep it fresh for people. We give them ideas so leaders don't have to keep thinking of how to bring up these conversations. And then we even do a lot of virtual training where every quarter people will bring us in to keep it fresh and keep bringing a new lens to it so that strengths become the language of the organization and just really baked into how you think. And it takes some time. So a lot of times people will put it on a system so that they can keep it going over time, keep building it. Great. So go to leadthroughstrengths.com and we'll put all the links to your social media stuff in the show notes and they can watch you on YouTube videos and watch your awesome facial expressions because your facial expressions are awesome. That should be your six strengths, facial expressions. I think it's a woo thing. It might just fall right there into woo. I don't know. Usually (laughs) the people who lead through woo have some pretty expressive faces. I'll have to start testing that. I have gotten in trouble almost my entire life for my facial expressions. And it's because they weren't positive. It's because command was like, why are you saying that? This is like the worst thing ever. (laughs) It's a resting command face. Oh my gosh, total resting command face, resting competition face, resting futuristic face. Yeah, our future sucks in this organization because of what you're saying right now, face. So bad. Your face is much better than my face because you have a woo face. So watch the YouTube video to enjoy Lisa's 
woo face. Um, <laughs> this is the best. It sounded weird. Um, okay. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. It was a lot of fun. And I, I hope the listeners get their interest piqued by hearing your competition and input and how something that instantly you think, hmm, I don't know about that one can turn into something really beautiful. If you're not taking this test, dang, on it, assessment after this interview, you're a loser and you're just going to focus on your weaknesses forever. How could you not take this assessment after this? You suck. I'm not kidding. You're horrible. You should take this test. Every human being should take it. I'm I'm saying what Lisa's thinking, but she can't say it because... I can't think it. I have the positivity talent. You're making me think you're Michael Scott, though, and it's really awesome. (laughs) So the humor part in that is really amazing. But I'm like, no, you might have a loser behavior for a moment, but you're really amazing on the inside. So you're not a loser. Which is true. That's all true. I believe that's true. I'm just trying to motivate you at every possible level (laughs) to take the assessment. Okay. Love it. If you want to learn more about Lisa's work and how it can impact your company and you personally, go to leadthroughstrengths.com. That's leadthroughstrengths.com. And please know that she has not only in-person training, but online virtual training that you can take advantage of. You can find all the links to her podcast, social media accounts, and the StrengthsFinder book and assessment in our show notes. It's right there on your phone on the smartphone app that you're listening to this podcast on, or you can go to our website, insporising.com and find the show notes there. So please know that you have incredible strengths that our world desperately needs you to utilize. You have a unique way of seeing and operating in the world, and you need to know what that is. When you increase your awareness of your strengths, you'll increase your ability to leverage those strengths to help you create the life that you truly want. So take action, get the book, take the assessment. If you uh, work for a company or uh, own a company, reach out to Lisa so that she can help your organization understand your strengths as well. All right, talk to you next time.